What is up, y'all? It is your girl, Chanel, and welcome to another episode of Candid Talk with Chanel. I swear I have recorded three episodes that I haven't released yet, so I don't want to number this episode because I don't know if this one will be number 30 or if it'll be number 33. Not quite too sure. We'll just roll with it. Um, So I wanted to come on and talk about two different things for fun and for laughs and giggles. I want to talk about these versus battles, which was a brilliant and genius idea from Timbaland and Swizz Beats. I'll be lying if I said I watched the beginning battles. Like I didn't watch the Timbaland and um, Swizzy battle, which I need to watch. I didn't watch Neo and Jonta Austin or Jonte Austin, which I need to watch. I saw clips of it. I didn't watch T-Pain, who's one of my favorite artists, and whoever he was battling. So in the beginning, I was kind of kind of a little late to the party. But I started watching, of course, when it was the big time, legendary kind of battles like Babyface and Teddy Riley and Jill Scott and Erica Badu and today's um, Ludacris and Nelly. And I'm missing out. Uh, oh, I definitely watched the RZA and um, DJ Premier. I believe that's who it was. So, like, I kind of jumped on. I think RZA and DJ Premier was my first moment of watching them. And I normally watch them with my husband. We do have um, access to YouTube on our our TV. We have a, a rather large screen TV in our living room. So, normally, we go to YouTube and pull it up and be able to still see the battles. Um, and we would kind of, like... You know, we have like a nice speaker system, so the sound will be good. Of course, there were lots of um, Wi-Fi issues. Even in today's battle, Nelly was having a lot of Wi-Fi problems because in St. Louis, they had a bad storm. So, you know, I'm one of those people, one of those uh, viewers that was patient. You know, people would be in the comments throwing all types of shade and, you know, like shit happens. Like technology is not guaranteed as much as we like to think that it is it isn't so i would you know if they were having you know technical difficulties i'd be doing something else you know i'd still have it up you know on a tv screen and checking on my phone but i'd still be making use of my time you know but i think that it was a brilliant idea in the sense that during this quarantine i think i've said it in episode two or three before a lot of these artists or entertainers in the entertainment industry they're suffering right now unless they have serious wealth and all types of different streams of income to be honest with you they're not pandemic proof and the crazy thing to see is that it definitely even the playing field for all of us (laughs) meaning us non-entertainers who don't make the amount of money that they make in short spans of time that they make this money in those of us that are punching that clock, typical job, you know what I'm saying? It even the playing field. And the crazy thing is, a lot of us, you know, there, there still are those of us whose jobs have been paying us throughout this whole quarantine. And so a lot of these entertainers, their bags stopped. We're going to keep it real. And um, I know I did an episode or two ago where Gabrielle Union was saying that, you know, a lot of times we think that they're living in excess wealth and amounts of money and riches because they're plastered all over our TV screens. They're all over, you know, all the streaming 
networks and they're all over social media. So we think that, oh, they living that good life because of what they post in or whatever. But no, a lot of these artists are living paycheck to paycheck. And so for their bag and their money and their bookings and their concerts and their tours and their um, their uh, new projects that they're acting in, for all those things to just skirt, stop, like their money was hurt. And so I think that this versus battle was a great way to one, um, bring the people together within the nation and, and, and put a spotlight on classic music, great music, legendary music. But two, I don't know this for sure, but I truly believe that these artists were getting hit off with some kind of some kind of bread, some kind of money. You know, I don't think that they were just doing this for free. And let's say arguably so, they are doing this for free. We all know that everybody's music streams are going to go up because they're going to play that one song like um right before I got off of watching um the battle with Ludacris and Nelly after they did their 20 rounds and they were kind of just playing music, Nelly played the I got a bunch of dollars I can spend them on her. She could be my lady, she could be my lover. A lot of people in the comments were like, oh, we forgot about that song, which was one of my favorite songs that came out a few years ago. It, it reminds me of being with my husband. We were just dating at the time and the newness of the relationship and driving in the summertime. You know, it reminds me of being having that playing while my niece and nephews are in the car with their mom. Like, so I say that to say that's probably going to be a song that people go back into Nelly's catalog, whether you go into Apple Music, whether you go into Tidal, wherever you get your music, and they're going to start streaming that, right? So maybe these artists who have been a part of these versus battles, maybe, just maybe, if they're not getting any money on the front end, they're definitely going to get some bread on the back end, meaning their streams are going to go up. They're going to start getting some checks, you know? So either way, I think that, yes, it was for the public to entertain us, to keep, I guess, really to give these big time artists their roses while they're still alive, their flowers while they're still here, their accolades, you know, their praises, so to speak. Also to keep the, the nation in good spirits. But also, they, I'm sorry, I feel like there's some kind of money that they're getting, whether it's the front end or the back end. Um, and so, yes, it's been entertaining. It's great that most of them come on Saturday nights, you know, where, let's keep it real, it's not much to do. You know, I, I actually, you're going to hear a lot of children in the background, um, and I don't mind, because I feel like it's, it gives me a nice sense of maybe we are getting back to some level of normalcy sooner than later. When I hear, you know, the weather was gorgeous the past two days and you, I hear kids in my, my neighborhood and in my complex playing and running and laughing, things that children should be doing, you know. Um, so hear dogs barking, like I'm not even mad at the background noise that you all may hear because for me, it just symbolizes things will get back to the way that they, things will, will never go back exactly to how things were because pandemics, I don't care what anybody says, are somewhat life-changing. Um, a lot of people have lost loved ones. A lot of people have lost their lives. So yes, things will never be the same, but it just symbolizes that we can move forward sooner than later. And, you know, I live in New York on the East Coast and, um, you know, Cuomo extended, you know, the 
the stay inside order, stay in the house order until June 13th. To be honest with y'all, I'm not mad at that. I feel safe. Let's be safe. Better to be safe than sorry. Um, I'm honestly not, I'm not feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm climbing the walls. What am I going to do? I need to get back to work. And like I always say, it could be because I'm pregnant and I'm at the stage of pregnancy where even sleeping is, is a hard thing to do and not too comfortable. Um, and I'm feeling a lot of the aches and pains, what comes with a growing baby. And so I'm okay with the fact that I'm still home. You know what I'm saying? I'm fortunate and blessed. And I thank God every day for the fact that I do still have income coming in. Um, but uh, so for me, I'm not really mad at the fact that, you know, I may not be back to work till June. Um, and then when that happens, I'll be going on maternity leave in July. So, you know, I know for whatever reasons, God has been allowing me to get this downtime and being pregnant. And then, of course, I'll have my maternity leave time and adjusting to motherhood. Um, but yeah, so I'm cool with on a Saturday night. Got the windows open, a little breeze blowing in. You know, I had my dinner already, had a little dessert and being able to tune into versus battles. And so, you know, word on the street is that Swizzy and and Timbaland are trying to take this to a higher level. Um, and I think that it could be pretty dope if they did it as like a TV show form. Like the way that, you know, we often see singing competition shows like... The Voice and American Idol and all those kind of shows, I think would be pretty dope to have a show where they have the artists come and they're like just the same way that they're doing from their homes where they're, they're going pound for pound, song for song. They do that on the big screen. I'm not too sure what their plans are and the vision that they have, but I do believe that they are going to take this versus thing to another level. And I do believe that it will probably be super lucrative. Um... I know some people are like, but it's going to affect concert sales. I'm like, no, because the artists are not performing their music. It's almost like the artists are DJing their own set, which is full of their own hits, their own records, their own collaborations with other artists. So it's not the, the artists on the stage rapping or singing and entertaining and performing in that way. It's more so how we've been seeing them from home. You play your song, I play my song. You know, um, and I think that that may actually be something pretty dope that we, I would watch it. Hell, I've been watching it on Instagram and I feel like Instagram, I guess, as far as the the visibility of it all, it seems to be a great platform, but I feel like aesthetics, it's not the best, the best platform and it's difficult with, you know, everybody lives in different states and different coasts, you know, and getting the Wi-Fi correct, it's kind of difficult so I think if they were to have like a reality kind of sh base show or like a similar in, like I said, in the context of how these singing competition shows are, are orchestrated, if they have this in that sense, I think that that would be pretty dope. Um, but yeah, so for me, I'll start with the RZA and DJ Premier battle. I feel like it was, I feel like sometimes it's hard with some of the people that they have put um, to, to compete against one another or to battle one another. Because I feel like RZA is known for that sound. He's known for that Wu-Tang sound. And every song has is entrenched in that sound. Every collaboration that he, he did 
he didn't have that many, was entrenched in that sound. Whereas I feel DJ Premier worked with so many different artists as a DJ that there was his bag of, of tricks or treats was more plentiful. I feel like RZA's bag was more one note. But then you have to respect RZA because RZA created a sound. And that's something that's not easy to do. And that's something that I've really been trying to dig deep into the depths of my soul when it comes to my music to like create my own sound. Like I want to have my own sound. I love how in tonight's battle with Luda and Nelly, Luda was saying to Nelly like, yo, people will say what they want. There are many rappers that sound like one another. Nobody sounds like Nelly. And if anyone comes along sounding like Nelly, you know that they bit off of him, right? They, they jacked his style. Like Nelly came in the game and created a sound that didn't even exist, right? Like I, I respect the Rizzas and the Nellies who created their own sound. And even Luda, Luda has a very specific and identifiable flow and sound as well. I would say Nelly's sound is just even more unique because you've never heard anything like it. I feel like when Luda spits, sometimes I could say, that sounds a little Eminem-ish or, oh, that piece sounds a little, even though he's very authentic, don't get me wrong. But I have no point of reference with who I can say, oh, this was Nelly's influence. I can figure out who Luda's influences were at, at different stages of his career. But like with Nelly, his sound is just so unique and different, whether you like it or you hate it. It just is that sound. And similar to RZA, even in this battle tonight, I felt like a lot of Nelly's songs are one note. I feel like a lot of RZA's songs and Wu-Tang's songs are one note. But when you're an artist that creates a sound, that's kind of what happens. Um, and crazy enough, I kind of dig being an artist that creates their own sound. Um, the challenge is not to always be one note, but to still just always have that common thread that's in all of your music. And it's not an easy thing. It is actually so much easier to sound different. <clears throat> Excuse me, in my opinion, it's so much easier to sound different from song to song to song. Take a little piece of that. Take a little Whitney here. Take a little Shaka Khan there. Take a little Anita here. Take a little B there. Take a little Layla Hathaway here. Take a little Lettucey there. It's easy to do that. Take a little Brandy here. Take a little Monica there. You know, it's easy to pull from your inspirations. It's harder <laughs> to, to create your own sound. Brandy is another artist who has done an, a tremendously amazing job at creating her own sound. You cannot say that Brandy sounds like anybody. She'll have vocally here and there. She'll have in her singing, you'll be like, yeah, I could tell Whitney was your inspiration but just in a maybe in a, a one run she'll do but for the most part her sound is her sound and that's not an easy thing to do you know and that's why I respect it so I was torn between the DJ premiere and the RZA battle because I respect the fact that RZA created something from the ground up that sounded like nothing else and helped to put his boys Wu-Tang that group on the map right but then DJ Premier has worked with so many heavy hitters and legends out here and was involved in creating dope music and his catalog is so well versed. It's like, what do you do?
you know um I felt the same way about I guess it felt similar but a little different when it came to Babyface and Teddy Riley I guess maybe I feel the same way Babyface has that he has a sound he's another one who did a great job of creating his own sound he's collaborated with many people likewise Teddy Riley's collaborated with many people has his own you know he uh created the like that sound that um I forgot how they call it the uh something swang like that 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 thing that happened in the 90s during my growing up right that I loved I probably felt like I gave that battle to Teddy over Babyface only because Teddy's catalog was had more of a variety. I feel like Babyface, he's going to give you that baby making music, mid-tempo, slow tempo music. I felt like Teddy Riley gives you a little bit of everything. He'll hit you with the the slow song um with um public an- not public announcement guy he'll hit you with the the old school uh slow jams with guy but then teddy's also hitting you with the upbeat tempo remember the time of michael jackson and then he'll hit you with just like so many i felt like he gave you enough of everything he even he even played some hip-hop joints i didn't even know he was on a song with freaking jay-z or you know like he'll give you the hip-hop he'll give you the baby making music he'll give you um, the, the MJ give you a whole choreographed piece of like greatness. He'll give you the Bobby Brown. It's my prerogative. Like his range, I felt like he has more range. His his work, his catalog had a lot more range than Babyface's did. Don't get me wrong, Babyface is hitting you with them solid hits though, you know. But um, for me, my vote was casted with Teddy Riley. And then when we went on to the Erica Badu and Joe Scott battle, and I'm a Neo Soul lover. I'm I love both artists. I'm a heavy Erica Badu fan and a heavy Joe Scott fan. Um I, if I'm being honest, when I heard that this battle was in the workings or it was already scheduled, in my mind I said, Oh, I love both of them, but Erica has a bigger catalog. I didn't realize you're wrong, Chanel. Jill Scott actually has, let's say if Erica has five albums, Jill Scott has six. Um, so just because Erica Badu had her start before Jill Scott didn't mean that her musical catalog was bigger. Jill Scott actually had more music. And I think if we were talking like a B-sides, because I feel like a lot of Jill Scott's music, her, her albums, her body of work, they're like B-sides. I love B-sides. I always feel like B-sides are the better songs than what's on radio, what's deemed as the hit, right? What's commercialized, what what um, single gets the music video. I prefer the B-sides on most records that artists do. Um, what I will say <laughs> is that I feel like when it came to the B-sides, like Jill was hitting you with... Jill might have won that by the skin of her teeth. That was actually a battle I felt that was super close. Um, Jill might have won that by the skin of her teeth, in my opinion. Um, and then also I felt like sometimes some of the selections, some of the B-side songs that Erica Badu would pick, I didn't like. So I guess I like, I guess 
Jill Scott's hits and her B-side songs were all amazing for the most part. Erica Badu's hits are amazing. Some of her B-sides are amazing. And then others of her B-sides are kind of like a little lackluster. And with all of these artists, sometimes I felt like, yo, did y'all think about the sequence? Did y'all sit strategically? Not that y'all might have had all the time in the world to know that you were going to be a part of this battle. You know, Swizz and um, Timbo, Timbaland could have came to them at late notice. Who knows, right? But a part of my thinking process was, did y'all have enough time to like, okay, if this person hits me with this song or these these group of songs, what's my comeback? Like, did y'all think that part through? Because sometimes I feel like people were pulling out, some of them were waiting too long to pull out their best hits, not knowing when to match it up with their component or opponent. Um, I felt like a lot of them would wait too long. They were holding on to some of their hits for too long. It's like, no, if this person is hitting you with, a huge record and I felt like that happened even with Luda and Nelly tonight Luda was hitting Nelly with huge records and Nelly I saw what Nelly's strategy was it was to kind of sometimes go left because it's like I can't match that record so let me take us to a let me let me pick a song for the ladies or or let me take it back over here or let me take it to the Saint Lunatics you know so I saw how he was trying to like dodge some of those (laughs) <laughs> those those blows that you know Luda was giving him but I felt like sometimes even he waited too long to put out his heavy hitters you know and I felt that way even with Jill and Erica and I know that they weren't really going into this as a competition they were more so going into this as I'm, I'm uplifting my fellow sister in music and we're just going to um dode on each other the whole time but like I felt like Sometimes they could have they could have matched their hits a little bit better. Especially if this is being done for entertainment, right? So you still, regardless of whether you're trying to come for each other's heads and be super competitive or not, you still want to give the people a good show, right? Because that's the point of all of this. To give the people a show. Let's entertain the people. Let's remind the people of who the F we are. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I wish that their matchups would have been a little bit more in sync. And I felt like Joe Scott was playing her songs too long. And I felt I didn't like when she would play some of the live versions. I feel like for this battle, for for this whole versus thing, I don't think it's about the live moment. Save that for when you're doing your tours, when the pandemic is over. I prefer, just give us the song. That's just my opinion. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then tonight, of course, I felt like Luda took it. Um, I felt like Nelly had some some big contenders, but once again, I don't always feel like he matched the right song. You know, when Luda would, would drop a bomb, I don't always feel like Nelly followed it and dropped the bomb, you know? Um, so I do feel like Luda took that one, but you have to respect Nelly. I'm a fan of his music as well. Nelly, not many hip-hop artists, not many rappers could say they went diamond. Like, the man went diamond. Like, the amount of money Nelly made, crazy enough, and I would have to fact check this, so don't quote me, but in on in my mind, Nelly, even though they both have three Grammys, Nelly might have sold more records worldwide, and I think Nelly's stats may be just a little bit higher than Luda's. So that goes to show you, Nelly, had, he, he's a crossover artist. It wasn't just the black people and the Latin people 
people of color that liked his music. Like, Nelly won over the whites, <laughs> the Asians, like the indie. He won over everybody. You know, he's a crossover artist, hence him being able to go diamond. I don't believe that Ludacris is a crossover artist. Ludacris is a straight hip-hop artist. And yes, there are people from other cultures and backgrounds that enjoy his music and are fans of his work. But I, I do recognize that what Nelly did, Nelly crossed over and he did it successfully. Now, whatever he had to do to do that, that's a different story. <laughs> but, you know, he... He has that crossover appeal. That's why when he mentioned, okay, since we're going with stadium songs, I think um, Luda played the, all I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, like whatever. When he played that song, <laughs> everybody's hands go up. Um, That's like a stadium song. I've been to plenty of concerts where bef- none of the artists who are part of that song are, are who's performing, but they play it before the show starts because it gets people hyped, it gets people riled up, it gets people on their feet. So when Nelly followed it with one of his slow, I don't even remember the song, but I know it was a slow record that he deems as a stadium song. It was. It just might not have been a stadium full of brown people. (laughs) But I believe him when he says every time he performs that song in stadiums, like the crowd goes nuts. It's, it was one of those crossover songs for him. Um, and so I think Nelly had quite a few records that loudly and quietly put up numbers. But I think as far as catalog, pound for pound, um, you know, Luda's music is just built for the club. It's built for the strip club. It's built for the bedroom. It's built for the, you know, the party scene, heavy 808s, that bass, like, his flow, Luda's music is just geared. It's, it's geared for that Atlanta scene. And, um, you know, and Nelly's music is that St. Louis, Midwest thing, you know, different. <laughs> He's more sing-songy. You know, I consider Nelly to be an artist, whereas I consider Luda to be like a rapper, you know. So when I first saw that they were going to be competing, I didn't know how I felt about it. But I guess it makes sense, you know, their catalogs and their stats are similar, but I do feel like Luda took took that W, he took that win, you know. But either way, I love how they were showing each other love as well. You know, they weren't as kumbaya as Jill Scott and Erica Badu, but you know, they still were giving each other their roses and their flowers, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and saying nice sentiments about each other's work and what they admired in each other's in each other as artists and that's pretty dope you know what i'm saying there is a way to be competitive and to still be amicable and real cool about it and i liked that um i feel like sometimes compet being competitive or competitions are overall not always looked at as a good thing unless it's like a career thing i feel like when it comes to a career in entertainment competition is it's cool it's not frowned upon but I feel like if you work an everyday job <laughs> and there's some kind of competitiveness going on, that's not always deemed in a positive light. Or if you're amongst friends or family and there's that spirit of competitiveness in the midst, that's not always deemed as a as a positive thing. Um, and so sometimes I have a hard time trying to see where what my viewpoint is when it comes to competition. Because I feel like if we're not careful, it could get real out of hand 
and dirty and ugly. And then I feel like on the other side of things, it could actually be the fuel that is needed to push you to be your best self. I guess what I don't like about competition is it's too much focus. It's too much of you or me focusing on what the other person is doing and then trying to plot my move from there. Whereas I like to just focus on what I'm doing and not be concerned about what someone else is doing. Will I sit here and act like I'm not a human and lie (laughs) and say that I've never been competitive with people that I know or have had that feeling in my heart at times? Absolutely. I've had that feeling. I don't like how that feels, even if it's for my job. Like I don't like having to feel like I have to vie for something or I have to like compete to show and prove my value. You know what I'm saying? I don't like that feeling. Um, so I tend to try to like steer a little clear. There, I am a Leo. <laughs> I will keep it a buck with you. I am a Leo. Many people would say I'm not your typical Leo. And I agree with that. That is because... Not that I'm into this whole astrology thing. Um, I'm intrigued by how groups of personalities born in certain months seem to have a lot of similarities with things. Um, And I've been realizing that it's not just about the, the sign of the month you were born for the astrology people out there. It's about where your rising sign is and you're you're a venus sign and you're you're this sign and so you can be i'm a leo according to them i'm a leo i think my rising is in virgo my rising is in virgo my moon is in pisces to be honest with you i got sagittarius in there and i even have um libra in there and it's crazy i'm like damn i have all (laughs) i have the makings (laughs) if you buy into this whole astrology thing I have the makings to be, to me, a very competitive and like it's all about me, selfish person. And maybe those are components of my personality that truly do exist. I think that I work very hard to not let those attributes come out in negative ways, right? So most people think that Leos are all about them and very attention-seeking and you know needing to be all eyes on me and if I'm being honest I am not an attention seeking person so when I come into the room I'm not demanding the attention of everybody I'm not like look at me look at me you know I'm not the person that's in the middle of the dance floor by myself (laughs) doing the most like that's not my personality but when it comes to my work ethic my thing is I'm going to work so hard that I'm going to work so hard so silently and in a way where my work is known. So that's probably where the look at me, look at me shows. Maybe more so in the workplace, not me being obnoxious and literally acting a fool or being overbearing to be like, look at me, look at me. But just me really trying to work hard and meticulously to the best of my ability, get the job done where my work shines for itself, which means you do see my value. I think my Leoness comes out in different, it comes out in a different way, not always the obnoxious way, you know. Um, I do like to know what's going on with other people. I like to check in to see how people are doing. I like to, you know, I don't want the conversation to just be about me, you know. Um, so there are parts of my personality that are, you know, not your average Leo. However, 
there are parts of my personality that ring true to be a Leo and parts of that could be competitiveness. I learned when I switched careers, you know, because I felt like I had a whole lot to prove because I was coming from a totally different industry. And I guess I felt like in order to gain the respect that I needed and deserved or that I felt I deserved to some degree, I needed to really show and prove and I work in sales. And so I would silently be competitive in some ways, meaning I was aware of what I was selling, where my numbers were. I was aware of where other people's numbers were Um, and always using if someone had a great day of sales and I had a shitty day of sales, using that to fuel me. But I wasn't competitive in a way of like doing underhanded things or being shady, stealing sales, like stuff like that. No, um, that stuff doesn't rest well with my soul. So I'm not one of those get ahead at any cost kind of people. I'm one of those I'm going to work my ass off to get ahead kind of people, but not by stepping on anyone else. Um, so that's why I'm like, oh man, like some of these quote unquote signs that are a part of my whole astrology rap sheet, if you will. I'm like, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> like this is a little, mm. <laughs> um, but for me, you know, I do understand, um, the ability or propensity that I can have to have narcissistic moments at times. So these are things that I try to be aware of and get ahead of and like work on, you know, um. So I don't know where my head, where I fully stand with what I feel about competition. I guess competitiveness is necessary in certain areas of our lives. And then in other areas of our lives, it's not. I just try to focus on myself in the sense of where I'm not paying too much attention to what somebody else is doing or being so concerned or so pressed to know what the person to the left and right of me are doing so that I could stay ahead of them. So I could be 10 steps ahead of them. You know, I don't I don't like how that feels. I prefer to just, um, as cliche as it sounds, kind of like compete with myself. You know, okay, Chanel, you're working on your second EP. What can you do to make this project way better than the first? You know, as opposed to focusing on anyone else I may know in my life who's working on music or you know what I'm saying? Like there are people all over. I have someone I work with who has an amazing voice, who's working on music. I have friends who are working on music. I have acquaintances working on music. Like I can't allow myself to get wrapped up in what everybody else is doing. I just try to have focus and tunnel vision with what I'm trying to do um, and where I'm trying to go with what I'm trying to do and not being so preoccupied with what everybody else is doing, if that makes sense. So that's why, that's another reason why, you know, you, you, I wouldn't be the one to audition to be on a singing competition show or to be a part of those kinds of moments and nothing against anyone who likes to be a part of those it's totally cool you know but just for me it's because I don't not that I don't believe in myself but it's just that I don't like how it feels to have to like go for the jugular to get ahead you know or to have to compete to show my worth and my value I think that's what the issue is for me I don't feel like I should have to compete to show my abilities and my worth and my value, you know? I prefer to build my own table, you know? I used to always say um, in my blogs on complexedsimplicity.com, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about people making room for me and, and telling me I'm good enough and all of that. I'm trying to create my own table. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not concerned with, with being included in 
someone else's table. But that's just me, you know. Um, sometimes I'm like, Chanel, maybe you really are built to be an entrepreneur and to take this thing to a whole other level. You know, I have a lot to think about. My My soul is not settled with the idea of having to put my baby in daycare, you know, like... <laughs> I don't know. I have a lot to think about. I digress. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've been I've been enjoying these versus battles. You know, um, they've been pretty cool. Um, takes your mind off of things for a couple of hours. You know, I'm with it. And for me, it's always a learning curve, just to see, especially like with um, like Jill Scott and Erica's battle. Like to see these are so, these are women who can sing. Women who sing genres like what I sing, what I love. I love neo soul. Women who write their own music, like I write my own music. There's nobody in the room helping me. You know, there's nobody feeding me concepts. <laughs> there's nobody giving me a hook. Like I'm doing all this by myself, and I I like that. I was I I want to. That's those are the kind of artists I respect and the kind of artists that I want to be. You know, I create my own lyrics and melodies and harmonies, you know, and my brother does the the music part, you know, um, and I like that. And so for me, it was a learning curve just to hear some of the stories behind these songs they wrote and, you know, how it all came into fruition. So I'm always still trying to learn, even from the rappers, you know, because a lot a lot of them pen their own music, their own, you know, lyrics, Um and I'm also intrigued from the production aspect of things too, you know? So yeah, I've been, you know, I've been kind of enjoying them. So we'll see who comes next. Um, I feel like there's still a lot of big time artists like Snoop needs to go. I saw Swizzy put tonight on um, the battle tonight. He, he added Snoop and was like, are you ready? So I guess Snoop is going to come next. I don't know who they're going to put Snoop against. I think Busta Rhymes may not be a bad idea. Gives you the whole East Coast, West Coast thing. Gives you the whole, they both have hits for days. They both have fire collaborations that they did with other artists for days. Like, I think that they're different enough, but have enough of a catalog to go pound for pound, you know? Um, but it'll be interesting. I heard, you know, they were trying to make it happen with Brandy and Monica, but I don't know if Monica wasn't with it or which one wasn't with it. But they definitely need to have, I'm a Brandy fan, they definitely need to have a Brandy moment out here. It makes sense that it would be Monica. Um, but they could like take a page out of Jill and Erica's book and not make it this competitive thing. You know what I'm saying? Make it where it's a respect thing. Like They already laid down the foundation in such an eloquent and classy and elegant way. Like Follow those, follow that, that blueprint, you know what I'm saying? Um, trying to think what else. Who else do I think? Hmm. They gotta get Nas in there at some point. You know? I don't know if he'd be down to do it. Um, to me, they got Meth Man. You got so many people. Even if they want to do... I think a great battle would be Layla Halfway and Lettuce. Like, there's just so many different ranges of people they can pick, you know? I think that they should have a moment of Trey Songs and Chris Brown. Now, I know Chris Brown has way more music than Trey Songs, but the fact that they both came out at the same time, 
literally because i remember him trey songs chris brown and neil came out at the same time because i bought all three of their albums i'll never forget all three of their cds i purchased and um neil was already in one with jante but it's because of deals like a singer songwriter producer um but i think like do trey songs and chris brown um they both come out with 20 hits they should both have 20 songs that, that, that they could pull out of their repertoire um to me that would be a good one do one with Ciara I'm trying to think who would who would pair well for Ciara I don't even know but do one with like Ciara do one with I don't know there's just so many artists out there I feel but anyway um, the second thing I wanted to jump into, you know, a lot of times, and now that I want to talk about it, I'm probably not going to even remember everything going through my mind. Oh, okay. But you know, a lot of times, like we say things just, and then like someone will say something and then it'll catch on with like the whole world, especially with social media, making the world a smaller place. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, what does this mean? Like tonight, Ludacris was, he kept saying, you know, to the legends who have passed, rest in power. Like, what does that mean, rest in power? I can wrap my head around what rest in peace means, right? Meaning, let your soul be at peace. Let this person go, like, rest in peace, right? What does rest in power mean? Can y'all help me understand that? Sometimes I'm just like, do we just come up with stuff, especially us as black folks, do we just come up with stuff because it sounds good? Like, what does that mean? Another thing I used to see a lot of is, you know, um, women who, you know, are pregnant and had babies. And then they're like, thank you for choosing me to be your mom. And I'm like, I don't know about y'all. Do y'all recall choosing your parents to be your parents? Because <laughs> I don't recall choosing for Al and Patricia Stewart to be my parents. <laughs> like, I that was something I had no control over. Y'all know I'm a God-fearing woman. God chose who my parents were to be, right? I didn't choose who my parents are to be. I don't believe that the baby that I'm carrying in my stomach chose for my husband and I to be his parents. Children don't ask to be here. <laughs> so if children don't even ask to be here, how do they have anything to do with the process of choosing their parents? Things that make you go, hmm. You know, it sounds nice, you know, when... Someone gives birth to a you know their baby or it's their child's birthday or whatever sentimental moment it's Mother's Day and it's like thank you for choosing me your kid didn't choose you at least I don't believe it they did <laughs> if that was the case there'd be a lot of children who would choose differently some of us would choose differently you know mom and dad if you happen to be listening to this podcast just know I am thankful. But who, who God decided to give me as parents, I have no complaints. I, I recognize my whole life could have been on a totally different war, totally different path, <laughs> you know, if I had parents who were not quite like you guys. So I am thankful. I always say I was dealt a good hand in a sense, you know, but I acknowledge I had no control over that. I, I used to work in the, the foster care uh, system, the field of social work, um, where I'm pretty sure if those kids could choose again the kind of parents that they would be born in, born to, they would choose differently, right? We all make mistakes, granted, yes. 
but I don't think anyone is going to choose to be in an abusive or neglectful situation, right? So I don't, that's a phrasing that I, I don't understand. understand. Do, y'all, do y'all feel me on this? You know, um, if anything, I would say, God, thank you for, you know, allowing me to be, um, to be a mother or to be a parent. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, and then even with that, sometimes I think that there's some of us who become parents that should have never been parents and that sometimes God will allow whatever choices we decide to make. Because let's keep it real. Not all children and babies came into this world through love and through the art of making love. There were children who came into this world because their mother got raped, unfortunately, or there were children who came into this world, you know, uh, maybe the parents were living recklessly, weren't protecting themselves. And it's like, oh shit, I'm pregnant. I don't believe in abortion. So this is what it is. Like not everybody came into this world under the guise of happiness and love, love and happiness. Like that's not everybody's story, right? So I don't know. I, I do believe that, you know, there are times where we we can make not so great decisions that God would not have wanted for us, but he'll allow it to happen with hopes that we will learn from that. But then sometimes that child could become the casualty of war in certain instances. I don't know. I don't want to dig too deep. Um, but yeah, that, that whole, thank you for choosing me to be your parent, to be your mom, to be your dad. I don't think that we, I don't think children or any of us who are offspring, I don't think that we had the power to choose who our parents were. It just was the deck of cards you were given. It was in my belief system, what God allowed, um, whether he was for it or not, he allowed it, (laughs) um, but that's just me. So sometimes, you know, I don't know why lately my ears are always like when I hear those kinds of um, declarations or or just certain phrases, how we just say things, the spin that we tend to have on things that makes things sound so super nice and sweet wrapped in a bow. But sometimes it's like, does that make sense? Like, how does one rest in power? What does that even look like? What does that mean? The person is dead. Their soul is either in heaven or hell, as per my belief system. So how does one rest in power? We can even argue, how does one rest in peace? How does one sleep in peace? You know, we see all these hashtag rest in power, hashtag SIP, sleep in peace, hashtag RIP, rest in peace. What do these things mean? I don't know. (laughs) Things that just, you know, make me think a little more. (laughs) Um, so I was like, I got to add that into one of my episodes because maybe someone else will be able to explain the derivative of some of these, um, these, uh, sayings. I'm trying to think, is there another one? Yeah, I believe like in, even in the, the Christian church world, church culture world, I believe that there are a myriad of those kinds of things, things that just sound nice, things that we feel we're just supposed to say. And it's like, but what really, what does that even really mean? You know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else I wanted to say? I hope y'all are staying strong and safe out there. I've, I've been happy to see that the weather has perked up. I feel like it's been a very cold May so far, with the exception of the past two days. But I'm thankful to see that, ooh, the 80 degree 
70 degree weather is creeping in there, you know? Um, and I realized I'm going to have to like reacclimate myself to being around people all the time. Cause aside from going to like my prenatal appointments and things like I'm not physically around people like that, you know, or taking an occasional walk, um, around my complex. I'm not like around people in the sense of having constant conversation unless you're my parents or like, you know, I speak to them over the phone or if you're my husband, of course, my friends when we do talk, but like, I haven't been in the physical company of people for so long. So I'm like, girl, are you going to have to like reacclimate yourself or are you going to find yourself getting, you know, like, how is that going to be, you know? Um, but I like to think, you know, when everything is lifted and we're out and about again, that I will enjoy it, of course. Um, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't appreciate my time being away because I was around, I feel like I was around people all the time, every day, all day, like from people I work with to having many rehearsals in my life <laughs> to running dance classes to, you know, of course I'm married, being with my husband to visiting my family. Like I just felt like I was always around people at every turn. Um, and I, I think I've said this before, I would be craving my time to like have a day off where I had nothing scheduled, where I had nothing to do. I would enjoy my time when my husband was at the firehouse so I could just have a moment to myself. So I really am glad that I've been able to like have a lot of downtime. You know, my husband said again the other day, like, you just seem good. Like, <laughs> you, you said you find ways to, to keep yourself busy and entertained and productive. Like, you just seem like you're good. And I'm like, yeah, like I can tell even though he's out and about because he's an essential worker, I can tell even when he's home sometimes, he's like, you know, we have a couple of uh, male neighbors who he's super cool with. So, you know, they'll be out there smoking cigars or drinking and, you know, my husband will invite him and he'll be out there with them. And I'm just like, just be careful. Don't bring no craziness home to me because you need to be out there. But I always feel like men are different. You know, you've granted they're like sitting in front of the house, you know, um, having a drink or whatever, which is cool. But I just always notice that men like they they need that like camaraderie I feel like even more than us women do like my husband's on group chats with his friends far more than I am with mine you know you would think it'd be the other way around but no like I've been cool like I've been cool you know and I've always said that I enjoy my own company like I really do not that I don't miss my friends and family of course I do but like I'm like it's for me strange enough and like I said, and I'm not someone who's like, um, who loves to be in the house. I'm not a homebody like that. I'm not someone who is more introverted. Like I am an extrovert who loves to be social and who loves to have a social calendar. But I also appreciated having all these months off to just have downtime to do whatever the hell I wanted to do. Watch what I wanted to watch. Cook, not cook, clean, not clean. Like, especially with me being like pregnant to the point where bending over is becoming difficult. I call myself cleaning my bathroom in my bedroom. And I was like, oh, yeah, my days of this are really numbered. (laughs) 
And I told my husband, like, I'm not going to be able to be bending over and like scrubbing toilets and behind toilets and on the side of toilets and clean. Because y'all, y'all know when I clean, I cleans, I gets busy. Like there's certain things I'm not going to really be able to do to the degree that I've always done it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so like, hint, 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 you know, I, I may need for you to be the one scrubbing these toilets because I'm not going to continue to be able to do this, you know? Um, so I don't even, you know, normally I would feel bad about it. Like, damn, I mean, I don't like how my house is feeling to me right now or looking to me right now. But, you know, I do what I can and I don't beat myself up if I can't do any more. I'm not overexerting myself or pushing myself. Like, it is what it is. But I've enjoyed this moment in life to just be, to really just be, you know, and to be one with my thoughts and a whole bunch of things, you know. So for me, I I, I didn't feel the need to, to always have to be constantly interacting with people, you know, Um and I like that sense of independence. And maybe it's because, maybe I don't know. I like that sense of independence. Um, yes, we all need each other. And a sense of uh, togetherness with the people we care about. But I guess I just realized I don't, I don't need, I really don't need to be around people all the time. I just don't. And in me having this baby, I will not be able to be around people as much as I used to be, right? I'm still going to strive to be that loving, supportive person in, you know, my loved one's lives. But, you know, my priorities shift again. When I got married, there was a shift in priorities. And now that I'm having a baby, another shift with priorities, you know. And, um, yeah. Um, Even then, I I wouldn't be feeling pressed, (laughs) you know, to, to have the baby out in the street all day, every day, all the time, around people, like, because I'm like, oh, you know, um, I'll have my, my healthy time of being with people. And, you know, there, there are them days where you just home with your baby. And that's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah. Another thing that's been pretty cool, I keep, and I have to, that's what I'm going to do. When I finish with this this episode, I am going to respond to everyone. For some reason lately, I'm getting an influx of people responding and leaving comments on my website, complexedsimplicity.com. People going into all of my, I guess, watching a lot of my blogs. They're leaving comments. I get the email about it. So I need to take the time out to respond. I told y'all maybe a month and a half ago, I had stopped really promoting my website the way that I used to. I haven't, I think the last vlog that I did was maybe in February. Um, and someone even commented today saying, hopefully you'll do more vlogs. So I'm like, okay, (laughs) I need to get on and do a specified vlog, um, for the website. Some vlogs, sometimes I'll come on and just do one exclusively for my YouTube channel, which is complex simplicity. Um, but I was like, wow. Okay. God, are you trying to tell me that I need not have this lax approach I've been having the past few months? (laughs) You know, are you telling me that there is a need for my content and that I need to do more vlogging content? Um, I've been pretty much more, all of my content has been these podcast episodes. Um, And so I need to, I need to do a vlog directing people to this podcast, right? Um, This way there's still content. You just won't see me, but it's still the same kind of content um, that I'm talking about. 
But I was like, okay, maybe this is a sign that I need not be so lackadaisical, you know. Um, and I guess like I just needed, I needed to press pause with a lot of things because I've just been going and going and running and running and going and going for so many years. Shout outs to Complex Simplicity because today is the fourth anniversary. How did I let that slip? Now I need to go on and put a little, um, put a nice message out there on my Instagram. But um, yes, like it's crazy how I'm getting these, you know, I'm getting more subscribers on my YouTube channel without me even trying and people are responding. I think more and more people are really watching my content on complexsimplicity.com. That could be because of this pandemic and us not having, you know, the normal day-to-day social lives that we have. So I appreciate it, you know, um, and I will, I will get back on and do a vlog. Now I feel like I'm going to have to go on tonight because today is, I only have an hour left of the fourth birthday of Complex Simplicity and I need to make that happen. <laughs> um, but I say that to say this to you all, um, even when you have moments like I have been having where you kind of just want to step away from things for a while or you just need a break or you're pressing pause or you don't feel the need to be as active socially on social media or in real life, just know, especially if you're building a brand, that even when you it doesn't seem like the numbers are changing, that your your community is increasing as far as people who who follow you or it doesn't seem as though people are really checking for your content, like people are always checking. And for me, I was just like complex simplicity, like I've had such a stagnation in my numbers with certain things. I was like, eh, you know, there's enough content. If people stumble on me, it'll take them a while to watch everything that I posted or, you know, but just to know that people were actually taking time out of their lives and out of their day to comment under my vlogs and they're saying, hey, oh, you know, you're going to do any more or, you know, they're sharing how my content was helpful to them. You know, you never know, you never know the impact you have on people. And so this is even a, a learning lesson and a reminder for me to remember why I even did complex simplicity in the first place and to know that even though it doesn't seem like it's um, this well-known, popular place for people to stop and check me out as a content creator, that the goal that I set out is actually fulfilling itself, meaning you are helping people, Chanel. And because you're helping people, you cannot stop helping people. So for those who just go to your website and have no idea about your podcast, you need to do a better job of connecting those dots, right? Um, to those who just listen to your podcast and have no idea of your website and your YouTube channel, you need to connect all these dots because at the end of the day, you still are actively creating content and it's content that is actually helping people. And sometimes I feel like the most realest vlogs and the most realest episodes I have done for this podcast are the ones where I feel uncomfortable, like, damn, should I even release that? I don't want to offend anyone who's in my life or I don't want to. But sometimes those are the ones that actually help people. And so don't ever lose sight that you're helping people out here. Don't ever lose sight that you are helping people out here 
and don't give up. Um, I understand if you got to press pause sometimes or, or hit that break a little bit. Yes, but don't ever give up. And I'm glad I didn't give up. I've just been really doing more podcasting than vlogging, but there are people who still want the vlogging. And so I will, I will make my way to that. So just be encouraged. Thank you so much. Continue to check me out on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, as well as Anchor. Until next time.